Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Willie Halliburton was so disturbed by the police killing of George Floyd in Minneapolis that he considered quitting his three-decade career in law enforcement. Then he got a phone call. He was being promoted to chief of the Portland State University Police Department. I'm Elliot Noose, in for Andrew Thien, and this is Beat Check with The Oregonian. The Oregonian and Oregon Live's Maxine Bernstein interviewed Halliburton and six other black officers in Oregon about how the death of George Floyd has affected their lives, both on and off the job, over the past month and a half. You can find all those conversations on Oregon Live, and you'll find a link in the episode notes. We're bringing you an extended version of her interview with Halliburton in which he talked about the changes he believes are needed in policing, his own negative experiences with police, and long-standing questions over Portland State's policing, where students and activists have pushed to disarm police officers. Here's that conversation. wanted to ask you about how the, uh, George, the videotaped killing of George Floyd has impacted your work both on the job and off the job. Uh, when I heard about that incident, I heard about it on the TV. I ran in the room and watched it. And it was, my God, I never forget the look on Mr. Floyd's face during that time. And it hurt me deeply. As a matter of fact, I cried. I cried for about an hour because I knew this particular video would change the way we police. I knew it would change the way the society looks at us. You know, I've spent my whole career trying to be the ultimate community police officer and everything I've worked for at that time, I felt was gone. All the work, the hard work, fellowshipping with the community, getting to know the community, trusting the community and the community trusting us was down a drain. So it was a very, very, very sad day for me. You were you were working as a sergeant with the Portland State University yes, at that time. And, and so... How did you continue to show up for work, or how did it impact your day-to-day response? Well, um, the virus really has had an impact on this university. Uh, our attendance is very, very low. It's not very many people out there. So my contact with people or students or faculty was very limited. I was working night shift. So that wasn't a real big stressor for me. The big stressor was watching what was going on just north of here, downtown. Uh, the protest, you know, not only the protest, but the, the violence that was associated with it, uh, the vandalism, I mean, all the thefts, all that chaos that was associated with uh, what was going on in Portland really upset me. Um, I was upset because there was a message that needed to be said and that needed to be you know, displayed, but the message was lost in all the violence that was going on out there. So that really, really was hurtful. Did, did you ever consider, you know, giving up? as an officer or? Yes, the thought came across my mind, which was kind of sad because I figured 32 years in, I would probably give it three, maybe four more years. But after seeing that and being a black man, having those emotions, maybe it's time to move on. Time to do something different. And how soon after had you did you learn that you would 
become the chief here. Wow. <laughs> it's an interesting story. Uh, probably about two weeks later, um, I got a call. I was expecting to get promoted to another position, a lieutenant position, but they asked me would I be willing to take on the role as chief of police here at Polar State. Um, I was honored because that's exactly what we need right now. This attitude I have, this mentality I have, this concept I have, philosophy I have is what we need in police work at this time and moment. So it was an honor to even be considered. And now that I have the job, I'm, I'm committed to the people out here, the community, to my family, to myself. So this is where I need to be in my life at this point in my life. And do you think the uh, criticisms and, uh, regarding police brutality and racial profiling have been fair uh, as an officer gr- uh, rising through the ranks at Portland Police? Um, what were your experiences? Well, I can't speak for other people. Um, I have to validate their concerns. I've had a great career. You know, I've really worked with some great men and women in this profession. Uh, I can't say that I've seen uh, brutality or, or officers abusing their power, but people have said it happens. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to doubt that. So in my experience, what I've seen, I haven't seen it. What I've experienced, I haven't seen it, but there are issues out there. And I'm sure there are. And again, I have to take what people say and, and kind of validate that because that's the, their, their experience. And what do you see going forward? I mean, what do you think is necessary in, in policing and, and reforming and changing it to, to gain the trust of the community? I think that citizens can't be afraid of us. They can't, from this point on, they cannot be afraid of the police. They can't be uh, suspicious of the police. It's going to be there. I know that. But it's got to be natural where we have to gain the trust, you know, and gain all that stuff that we had before, a few of us had before. Police officers have to gain, uh, get to know the community, getting to be a part of the community. I think that's the biggest part right there. A lot of people are afraid of the police because they don't know the police. And to be honest with you, a lot of policemen are afraid of some of the communities because they don't know the communities. So I think once we get over that hurdle and we start becoming together and start getting to know each other, become having a relationship with, the, with each other. Hey, I know you as not just only Sergeant or Chief Willie, but Willie, and that's the key right there, getting to know people, adversary uh, time, but calm times, becoming friends, becoming a part of that community. You're taught early on as a cop, protect yourself. You got to go home at night, which you do, but it's not what this job's about. You can't look at every person out there as a threat. This person may be the one that made me not go home tonight. This this individual may be the one that hurt me. You can't look at life that way. It's a, it's a really, really sad way to, to live your life. Things are going to happen. We know that just by nature, things are going to happen. But if you go by, you live your life thinking that this person is going to cause harm to you, you're not going to do an effective job. As a police officer, we can't go through life being afraid of our community. We've got to be a part of. And you got to take risks sometimes. I think this is the time in this country as a profession, we got to take some risks, get out of our comfort zone, do some things that are unconventional. And we're going to do that. We're going to do that. It's going to be hard, but we're going to do it. And it's not going to be the same. Police work has changed since May 25th. Changed for the better. Have you faced any blowback um, from other officers or even outside of work for being a black man who's a law enforcement officer? <sighs> That's a good one right there. 
You know, personally, no one said it, anything to my face, but I know people are talking behind my back. I mean, that's obvious. I mean, that's kind of, and it's going to happen. I don't pay it any attention. You know, my deal is to be focused on what my goals are. And my goals is to make this university uh, the best police agency or uh, campus public safety agency that we can be. So I'm focused on my goals right now. I'm not letting distractions get a, be a part of me. What's, has there been an impact on your family and uh, friends just the, the, this last month? Yes, there has. I think the reality of, of being honest with myself and being honest with my family that this has gone on in this country for many years. Uh, uh, communities have been affected by police uh, misconduct. And it's evident by the video you saw, evident by other videos that are out there. So it's real. So I talked to my kids about, hey, you know, this is what's going on. You've been lucky. You've lived in a home where there's a police officer and you saw the good parts of police work. You've been exposed to all the good. But there's people out there who don't get the chance to to live a life like you have a positive relationship with police officers. So, yeah, we, we talk about it. My kids have been down to the protest. That's, that's great. I've been to protest because we need to get this, this word out. There has to be some changes in law enforcement. Um, I got a call one night from my son. He was just got off work at Nike and he was running toward the Max train because he's going, he's going to miss the last Max back to the West, West side. And he was ordered on the ground by the police at gunpoint. And he was like, what did I do? And they said, you match a suspect description. He said, I just got off work. I work at Nike. I'm just going to the bus line. It was devastating for him. He called me and he said, dad, this is what happened. It tore me apart. I contacted the officers and to, to find out what went on. And they said there was a robbery in the area and it was matched the description. We've heard that a lot. That's the buzzword around here for people who are stopped. that shouldn't be stopped. And I'm not saying that he should have been, shouldn't have been stopped, but I know the fact that he didn't do anything. And my son was one of many, many millions of young men out there, African-American men who were being stopped by the police for reasons like that. Even though you did not get the person you're looking for, but you scarred that relationship. You scarred that image of what police work is. It really made a difference in how he perceived the police, where they lived in a life where police were the good guys. They did everything right. And all of a sudden, this happened to him. It changed his life. So it how changed. did you, as, a, as, your, as the father, how, what did you tell him? I mean, has, and how old was he then? And, and he was around 19 at the time. Um, as a father, I said it wasn't right. You know, things should have been better. Not because I'm a police officer, but society deserves better. People in this community deserve better than that. There are a lot of people that look <laughs> supposedly like a suspect, if you want to say that. But the reality is we can't make stops based on that. We have to remember that we're dealing with human beings out there. How are police agencies going to change that? Again, it's going to have to be a mindset, a total mind shift. It's not us against them anymore. You know, there are things, bad things happening out there. we got to look at people as people and not as sometimes as suspects. You know, maybe you might not get the guy that you're looking for, but yet you let someone keep their dignity. Have your kids been out and demonstrating as well? Yes, they have, because they know what's, what the right thing to do. And right now, the right thing to do is voice their opinions about this world and what, the way police work has been the last what, 40, 50, 60 years, and sometimes even longer than that. And you said you've been out? You've been yes, I've been to a couple of protests myself. Here in Portland? In or? Portland and also in uh, Beaverton. And you mentioned 
me the other day, but I, I wondered, you said you had an interaction with some students who were coming back one night from downtown, yes. having marched and demonstrated. Can you share that? Well, um, again, I want to be visible. Even in the dark times, I want to be out there, be that beacon of light. I'm standing in front of our office, and there's a group of uh, young young, young people coming back to, to campus here. And I asked them in uniform, I said, how'd it go? They said, oh, it went well. I said, thank you. They're like, what? I said, thank you so much for doing what you're doing, supporting a cause that needs to be supported right now. And they could not believe it. They were like, a police officer telling us, thank you for protesting in a peaceful manner. Yes, I, I thank you for that because that's, an, that's a gift that you have. You know, if it wasn't for people protesting against injustice, I wouldn't be where I am right now. So I, I treasure people's ability to go out there and speak their mind in a peaceful manner. Don't get me wrong, but have that opinion to, to change this world. That's why I love working on the college campus because there's so many independent figures out here and they challenge you. I mean, they, they, they make you work and that's a good thing. Let's take a quick break. We'll be back with more of Maxine Bernstein's conversation with Portland State University Police Chief Willie Halliburton. Did you ever have, as a kid or a teenager, any I don't know, positive or negative experiences with officers yourself? I was and not fond of the police growing up. I had encounters with police. Nothing I did, but just the fact that I was around. I grew up in Kansas City, Kansas. I went to high school in predominantly African-American neighborhood. I was fortunate enough to be an athlete where I got a scholarship to Kansas State University to play football. Uh, I, when I went to college, my goal was to become a social worker. Once I graduated, sociology was my major. By the time I graduated, I found out that social workers didn't make much money. <laughs> and I had a family at the time, so I had to find a job that really provided for my family. And police work, a professor told me about being a police officer, and my first reaction was no. Then I started thinking, hold on, maybe I can be a difference in the communities which I grew up in where police were not looked upon favorably. And to be honest with you, police work is social work. The only difference is you wear a badge. So, yes, I mean, I got into police work because there was a negative image in my head about it and negative experience I had. But when I got into it, I knew I would make it a positive. And what do you see the role of the campus police? And, and can you describe some of the calls uh, that your officers get and how many work here? Um, first of all, it's different than working in Portland. I spent so many years in Portland. And when I got here, I found out that this is a higher learning institution. The, the, the rules are different. Um, you have a smaller population. Therefore, you get to know the needs of the students here. Uh, the calls are about the same as Portland. We get, you know, calls in the park where people are unwanted in the park sometimes causing disturbances. We get the burglaries, we get the thefts. Um, it's sad because we get a lot of uh, mentally ill people up here too because of our proximity to downtown, being in the middle of downtown, that is. So we get uh, mental uh, health issues up here. Um, houseless, you know, that's a huge issue here as well. And I wish we had more resource to deal with both those issues, the houseless situation, the mental health issues that we need. We need resources. We need partnerships to, to deal with that in the future. Uh, the students, I think we have a great relationship with uh, athletics, of course, you know, being a part of these these young men and women's lives, being an inspiration, being a mentor. I mean, that's, that's probably the best part of my job right there, inspiring young people. And I know there's few students around today, but what's the interactions on campus with students and, and the campus police? Well, again, there haven't been anything overt 
negatively. You know, we get stares sometimes and sometimes, you know, students walk by, put their hands up, like, so stuff like that. We get that a lot. Um, what's unfortunate is we have to wear, well, fortunate, but unfortunate, we have to wear masks and that takes away the smiles from people. I love to see people smile and by smiling, I can see joy in their life and you can't really see the joy in people's lives right now. A lot of, uh, there's been a group on campus who've been uh, pushing to disarm campus police. That's um, what's your position on that? Right now, I'm listening. I'm not committing either way. I'm listening to what's going on and what people feel. Um, decisions will be made at a later date. But yes, I'm listening right now and I'm with wide ears, wide open ears. So I'm not committing either way right now. And whatever way we go, my philosophy stays the same. Community policing will be the hub, will be the base of this university, of our campus public safety office. Community policing will be what we're about. Have officers here under your command, have they expressed any frustration or discomfort in coming to work and some of the, you know, uh, protesters who are targeting their their um, animosity t- towards officers uh, have has that been discussed? We talk about it. I think the most important part of this job is communicating with each other, especially what's going on inside of you. Um, frustration, disappointment, all that stuff has come out. Uh, and it's good because people are being honest today. People are sharing their feelings and honestly, and no matter how good or bad, they're, they're talking about it. So that's, that's an encouraging uh, point for, as a supervisor to see people talking about what needs to change and what has gone on in the past. And in this climate, how how, how are agencies ex- going to be able to attract new officers? It's going to be hard. It's a really difficult task. Uh, it's going to take the officers inside the organization to bring light to the good because right now everything's negative about police work. Everything's negative. So it's going to take those special officers within a department to say, hey, this is what we represent now. We want you to be a part of. We want these communities to be a part of our 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 team. So it's going to take a lot from inside. It's going to happen. It's going to be a slow process. It's going to, like I said, it's going to take the officers who are there already in the different departments to shine a light on that department, to bring out the good, acknowledge the bad. Don't get me wrong. I mean, truth is the truth, but also bring out the good and what's expected in the future, what you can expect from agencies in the future. What do you like to do when you're not on duty, I, I know you've, uh, I've done stories on you as the comic cop. Um, how did you get into that? Are you still doing stand-up? Well, that's a long story. <laughs> Back in 1990, when I came to Portland, um, I was told I would start work in August. Well, my wife and I got married in June. We got here in the first part of July, in the July, I'm sorry, and August came and it didn't happen. September, August, September, November, it didn't happen. We were broke. I was walking down the street one night, contemplating going back to Kansas City, both my wife and I, and she's in bed asleep. I came across this bar, and on the window it said, open mic comedy, $250. I figured I was broke. We had to get $400 because we had to make rent for uh, November. So I went in there, got on stage, and told a few jokes, made up some jokes, that is, and I won. I came home, woke my wife up and showed her all this money, and she said, what'd you do, rob somebody? I said, no, I did a comedy show. She said, well, do it again. So I went the next night and I won again. So we made rent. So we was able to stay one more, one more month here. Fortunate enough, Portland hired me, but the bug had already bit me. The entertainment bug had bit me. So I used a, a alias at night doing comedy while I was 
in training as police officer during the daytime. So it wasn't until about three years. What was the alias? Xavier, which is my son's name. It wasn't until about 1994 when I finally came out of the comic closet and revealed myself as Willie Cop in a comic. And ever since then, I've been doing comedy. It's a, it's a passion of mine. It brings me closer to the community. I think that's the main reason I did it. I, I say did it because I haven't done it in a couple of years. I did it because it brought, it made me real. It made police work real. That was your subject you drew on, is your experiences My, exactly. on the street and, and policing. Being a police officer and the ups and downs of being a police officer. Thanks for listening to Beat Check with the Oregonian. This episode was produced with the help of Samantha Swindler. You'll find a link to Maxine Bernstein's story, including interviews with six other black police officers, in the episode description. Check our archives for other recent episodes about protests, unrest, and police reform. And if you like this show, please leave us a rating and review in Apple Podcasts. It helps others find the program. Until next time.